Welcome to this segment of Soul, Silence, and Sound. This is brought to you by Be Simply. segment of soul silence and sound brought to you by be simply this is Suzanne and I want to thank you all for being here today we're going to contemplate your divine field that runs in and around you and others and nature and the reason for this contemplation before we go into the meditation and sound is oftentimes our attention is brought to the external idea of divinity and meaning that you are separate from versus with it at all times. So it's not separate from you. And I say it, meaning it's a field of energy that's unexplainable and no one is without it. Everyone has it. And it's a matter of you want to engage with it. So that's why I'm really big on doing your inner work, but also nourishing your inner landscape and getting to know your highest expression. And that highest expression is deeply rooted in your eternal path and would be called your soul or your spirit, however you want to refer to it. And so, you know, we have all these outside infeeds daily from the things we read, the people we talk to, from infeeds from technology and tech uh, telepathic infeeds from others that we might know or that are thinking about us. And so all these weigh-ins can shape and mold how we show up in the world. And the way, the most proactive way to assure that you are in governance of your eternal being is to get to know you and to do that inner transformation and healing. And when you do that, this allows you to have the opportunity to really be certain in all moments, in body or out of body, and your path. And so the the distinction here is, as I mentioned in the beginning, is that if one is always externally reaching for something, you know, in theology, it might be your relationship to God or Um, the divine or the universe, you still might reach for it externally and then like wait for it to respond to you. However, if you get to know the dance that the divine is doing with you internally and that your highest expression is your own wisdom keeper and you have the opportunity to get to know this facet of yourself. And what this does is that gives you this instantaneous ability to shift your consciousness if you choose to commune there. It's kind of like having a friend and you always talk maybe about the superficial things, not the in-depth things. Um, And sometimes that's hard if you don't see someone for a while. It's just surface conversation. But imagine you connect your highest expression within you and then you bring that to a meal or a meeting or whatever it might be and sometimes there are words and sometimes it's just a sense of being 
And the reason this is so important is that when you are in this resonance, like you connect to this resonance within you, the divinity within you, it will shift your perception of reality. It also give you a confidence and a level of protection from infeeds because if you're constantly grasping for the external, even if it it's through your belief system, that grasping will potentially cause suffering. And this I see a lot when people are met with adversity, hard times, they grasp because maybe they want to understand, they don't want to know, they might be angry, so they could grasp towards others, people, places, and things. In addition, they might grasp at their uh, perspective and relationship with the G-O-D word. I'm going to let you fill in the word for that because that's unique to you. And so it's okay if you have that type of relationship, but you also want to bring it internal, like to the most intimate level with yourself, because it's going to be a much more clean communication than grasping at something external. And when I say communication, this is not words. This is not having a dialogue with yourself in your head or perception of some other being in your head. This is a vibrational exchange with yourself, with your soul to your physical body. And then it directs you in a way that is quite beautiful and is fun to allow to unfold versus forcing it. And so today I wanted to share just a couple things that you can do to connect to your divine field and start to notice it in others. And so often when I'm um, counseling people and working with them is more than not, they're in a loop from their past to the future and not in the present. So the one of the best ways to start to connect to the divine field that runs through all of us is to be very present. Now, some of you might be familiar with that concept, like the power of now. And this goes a little bit further beyond that because one in the present moment, when you connect to the divinity that runs through all things, that gives you a sense of two things, your inner code of ethics, and it gives you a sense of mindfulness as to what step or action you're going to take from the present moment, even what you're walking or working towards in the future. So without that level of ethics and merging it with the divine energy that runs through you, there will be ultimately some grasping that goes on. It might look like you really want that job. And so because of past experience, you might future cast that you can't have that job. You might think it's not possible, but I really want it, but it's not possible. So you keep commuting two contradictory statements to yourself and to the unexplainable, to the divine, to the universe. And so what happens is then it becomes something outside of you and it's a conflicting statement. It's kind of like saying, oh, I want to have Thai food. No, I don't. I shouldn't have Thai food. I want chocolate cake. No, I shouldn't have chocolate cake. But ultimately, you really want the chocolate cake. You really want the uh, Thai food. You really want the job. So that's when you come internal with that, which you want and get really clear with it. Like, 
yeah, I really, really want this job. And then you get still with it. And then you really welcome the divinity within you to help guide you to that job or the information you need to know about the job. Meaning sometimes there are things we want, like in relationship or just in general in life. And then we get a clearer information feed, we will quickly understand if we're moving in the right direction or if we're kind of ignoring something that's in and around us. And so by doing this, when you really own what you want, then, and you keep really deepening what that means, it starts to open up internally like a flower to the outside world. And then you can start to see where you're guided, what your attention, where your attention is best placed and you don't get distracted because if you're grasping at anything, you will have many distractions <laughs> in and around you. And so that's why we want to start from the rosebud and allow that rose to open up and lead the petals to lead us where we're best to put our attention. And then in addition, what also happens when you start working from this inner landscape to the outer world, you will begin to get honest with yourself because you'll realize where you're being supported, what's possible, what's being asked of you. Because a lot of times in life, sometimes the route that you're destined to take isn't comfortable. Sometimes it's effortless. Sometimes it's like, oh, you have to do an about face right now, but you're willing to walk through whatever you need to, to get there. And I can use the example when I was in uh, architecture and design school that in that moment, we understood as students that there might not be a great job market when we got out, that we might need to be on an internship basis. At that time, it was legal to have your interns work for free. So that might mean you get a second job. But when you commune deeply and you know that that's your path through the studies and so forth, then you you commit to it. And then when you commit to it, you realize, okay, I'm going to need to do this, this, and this possibly or not. And so that starts to guide you. And even if you waver from that knowing, you'll be guided right back. And this can happen in all aspects of life that you start to work towards something and then you get redirected or you effortlessly get placed where you need to be, um, even if there's sudden changes in your life. And so you might ask, well, why, why right now, you know, why get reconnected? Well, we've gone through as a humanity, a lot of manipulation on this planet. And so there's this interesting interface between the divine uh, through your physical body, through nature, and out beyond your physical body. And so that field of energy is yours and it's to be protected by you. And when you deepen your relationship with the, the divinity, the unexplainable that runs through you, that field will get stronger and stronger and stronger. Similar if you have a code of ethics and you keep working towards it, It'll get stronger and stronger because you'll understand what that means. I'll use the example. I've used it before, but it's probably the most relatable right now is if you find and value honesty and truth, 
you have to get right with that inside of you and notice the facets where you can manipulate yourself and trick yourself. So therefore, when you clean that up, you become more aware of where that's happening in and around you. And then you can decide, do I want to interface with that energy that likes to do what I used to do or is trying to do that to me and I don't want to do that. So this is the refinement that comes from within. And then when that purity comes in, that divinity starts to reflect and magnetize your will and discipline to be your highest and your best. And so that field gets stronger and stronger as a mode of protection and communication. And it's not just when you go into a temple or a synagogue or a church or anything like that. It's wherever you go, it's there and it's yours. And so what's happened up until this point is that all these infeeds that we have from literature to periodicals, magazines, to internet, all of those things to your phones, they have been influencing you from your divine field. And because maybe you're not aware that you have this divine field, you haven't strengthened it. So you kind of like, oh, leave all the doors open and let anyone in that wants to be in. And when you're not true and in your highest, it makes it much more difficult and confusing. Like I want chocolate cake. No, I don't want chocolate cake to the universe because really the divine has, will reinforce the highest and best for you when you reinforce it. If you choose not to, it's not going to step in and take away your free will. And so those that have been manipulating humanity understand that you need to be part of the solution. And if not, if you're, again, expecting it from an external source, then you're leaving your doors open and anyone's welcomed in. And this goes true, also true with relationships. Um, I've mentioned before, I've done this series several years ago on a very popular word, narcissist. And, um, basically the spectrum of narcissism exists. There is a part of our developmental phase in our twenties, late teens, that it's perfectly healthy to have some eye-centric tendencies because you're figuring out where you're going to be and how you want to be in the world. If it's carried on too long, the manipulations and the lies and there's an energy sucking that happens to the, the person that's expressing the narcissistic traits in addition with those um, they interact with. So what's happening right now as people become wiser to this, um, they're realizing, whoa, I got to have like firm ground to stand on. And so people are starting to have their voice and have limits and take action when they need to. However, <laughs> it really is important that you continue to be vigilant and notice like, oh, I'm, I'm choosing to have a friendship, a relationship, a business relationship with X, Y, and Z. And how does that feel energetically? Is it reciprocal? Because that's what nature and divinity teaches us to actually be reciprocal and in service to one another. 
And if you look at some of the microorganisms in nature, they're very much in service to us and very important as are our efforts to one another. So when you reinforce your divine relationship with yourself, you will start to either effortlessly commune with others in a divine space or you, and or you will start to see those that maybe aren't self-aware. They aren't in command of their free will and the divinity. They don't have reverence for the divinity within them. And you might say, well, what does that look like to have reverence for the divinity that runs through each and every one of us? It, it, one, it starts out as self-respect. It means that you respect and honor your physical temple so much that you understand how special it is. And when you understand how special that physical temple is, you have this opportunity to honor it on a daily basis, first with self. And then you decide how you want to engage with others from the physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual. And this is that feedback loop you're going to be having with the divine. So if, you know, you're hanging out in the metaphorical gutter, there's not a lot of space for the divine in that location because your energies are going towards things that probably aren't serving you. And there also are probably energies that are feeding off you. And so in the spirit world, what an uh, energy that feeds off you is that they will literally siphon your life force. They will always be uh, in a take mode and uh, not cognizant of the reciprocation. And so, yeah, people have a hard time and sometimes, right, we all have had hard times, especially over these past several years in different ways. And so the difference between someone that is oblivious to that which energy field that they're literally taking from another and someone that might be going through a hard time and is just genuinely needing help is that one, you will not feel exhausted after that you've left their presence. If or when you feel exhausted by anyone, a coworker, someone you're in a relationship with, anything, or you don't feel yourself in their company, that's a pure sign that there's some energy being siphoned off you from them, probably, and something that's connected to them. And so that's a moment for you to decide, hey, how much do I respect myself? Where do I want to place this energy? And how do I want to relate to this energy? <clears throat> and sometimes that means creating great distance uh, till you're fully in command or aware when you're in their presence. So again, you can reinforce this divine field that runs in and around you. It's everywhere. Uh, but you have to be cognizant of it so you can close the doors. Another place that you might see this happen for you is if you're very empathic, if you've had trauma. Uh, what happens when people, you know, are empathic they sometimes are, that's a sign that they have not healed the trauma. So they're always hypervigilant. They're always feeling into everyone's energy, kind of nosing around to make sure if they're safe. If this is the case, one, I encourage you to get help, reach out to me. If I can help you, I will, or I'll point you in the right direction. And then number two, to have a level of integrity, because I will say I sympathize, you know, because I've been through trauma where you need to keep yourself safe. However, when you're sticking your nose 
energetic nose in everyone's business, that is a violation, a cosmic violation, because to come into someone's field of energy without permission is is not um, it's degrading to their system and your own. And especially if you haven't cleaned up the trauma, you might have something piggybacking on you that will degrade your system and then degrade theirs. So it takes a responsibility. So the step would be if you have gone through trauma and you're overly empathic, uh, that you f- get some help, gets grounded and really certain. And then if you want to retain your empathy, because this is a natural function of humanity, which is beautiful, is to keep it um, at arm's length, meaning that you can sense what someone's going through, you can feel it, but you don't intrude into their energy field without permission. And especially if you're not working in a field of wellness and um, transformation, all those mental health, uh, psycho-spiritual help, counseling uh, on a theological or spiritual basis, it's important that you ask for permission and you just don't go right in there um, checking on them. You can always ask a question like, hey, is is this going on? But again, as soon as you like kind of magnetize to what's people's suffering, it's going to start to degrade your system Um, until you get strong enough and understand that I should be polite and I trust that I will be notified of what's going on so I can be assistance or check in, but not so much that it depletes me because this is what will happen. People don't heal. They go into this false space of helping others without taking responsibility and command of their physical, emotional, and spiritual body and the relationship with the divine being very disciplined to show up with the divine daily so that one stays protected and minds their own business. And I would also include this in people if they are, because the veil's very thin right now. So the telepathic communication, uh, it's important to be mindful with that. You really, if you need to get a hold of someone and you don't have a permission to telepathically communicate with them, recommend using your device or write a letter. But um, to be mindful of your thoughts. And that's why we meditate. That's why the sound's there to clear out your system, because that's can be another place that you're intruding on someone's system and they might be in their own suffering. And this can actually cause more harm than good. So if you need something from someone, give them a call. If they don't want to talk to you, leave them alone. And then it'll come back around when it needs to. So as we go into this meditation, I welcome you just to allow all of that to like sift through you and drop into the earth around you. And then I just welcome you with a very high level of curiosity and the purity of your heart just to be in this moment and to really just feel into the field versus creating imagery or words or thoughts. Just keep bringing yourself into the field. If you have a lot of experience meditating, I encourage you to close your eyes and keep that mind blank. If you uh, wander with your imagination, bring it back to observing your breath, back to the focus of just feeling into that which runs through all of us. 
And then if you're new at meditating, I encourage you to have a soft gaze down at a focal point on the floor or the table in front of you. And then from there, I encourage you to rise up with your spinal column upright, drop the shoulders down. And then I encourage you to take a nice deep breath in. And exhale out. Again, inhale. And exhale. Good. One more inhale. And exhale.
gently from there, I welcome you to gently lean back and recline or move fully into Shavasana, a prone position on your back with your palms facing upward as we transition into receiving sound. As you settle in, just take a nice gentle breath into the heart. and out again inhale and exhale one more inhale and exhale And then continue to follow your natural breathing pattern.
Oh.
Taking a soft, gentle breath in and out of your heart center, gently breathing in and out. Again, inhale. And exhale. Good. One more inhale. And exhale. And then gently from there, just bringing your awareness back to my speaking voice. And then when you're ready, you can bring yourself up gently, rolling over onto your right or left side and then bringing yourself gently up to a seated position, being mindful of your head, attempting to bring it up last. And then if you're not ready right now, just stay where you are. And then for those that are rising back up, just gently extend your spine up and then drop your shoulders down. And then take another deep breath in. And out. Again, inhale. And exhale. And one more inhale. And exhale. Gently from there, I welcome you to breathe in and out of your heart center. And gently breathing in, following that breath. And then from there, I just want you to be in this energy. And remember that any moment that you feel disharmonious, if you simply, first of all, go outside, if you're inside, and be in nature, oftentimes it's much easier for people to connect because nature will help you come into your natural state of harmony. And then from there, you can start to have this interface with the divinity that runs in and around you and in your field of energy, your electromagnetic field. And that field is yours and it's yours to uh, strengthen a relationship with, to honor and respect. And as you deepen that relationship, you will realize where you have left the doors open, so to speak, and how you can have greater awareness and discipline in the present moment. And as you move forward in fluid action into your most immediate next and down the road into your future. So I want to thank you all for being here in this moment. I also want to thank Random Rab, Dante Marino, Kadri Scott. We're going to exit out again with her fields of flowers. And until next time, this is Suzanne signing out with a full heart, a gentle smile, a deep bow, and a nod.